Thanks for joining me today on the Church Brand Guide podcast. I am Michael Persaud. You may have noticed that the name of our podcast has changed to the Church Brand Guide podcast instead of How to Brand My Church. And uh, the reason for that change is really to target uh, keywords better so we can reach more people. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of our podcast. But right now, I want to get to today's topic. And it's a big one because we get hired a lot to do this. As a Persaud Creative, we're a media creation company. We work, work with churches quite a bit. Uh, a lot of times people will reach out to us. Pastors will reach out to us to help them rebrand their church. They need a new logo. And in, uh, in conjunction with that, they need to be able to roll this new logo out to their church. So we help to consult on that process. Uh, not only can we create the logo and we help them through that process, and, and there's, there's an episode where we talk through the uh, the logo questionnaire that we uh, the, that we have, and there's a free resource as well on the blog, which is a free download of 18 questions we ask when creating a logo. So we'll guide the church through that process. We'll also guide them on how to roll this out to the church. So at some point, you've got to introduce this new logo, this new brand to the church. And if you're strategic about it, then you're, you're going to gain some momentum out of that. Um, if you're not strategic about it, the opposite can happen where you lose momentum and you even lose people who don't get it, who don't understand, and they end up going somewhere else. But when we do this right, it is a powerful thing where it gives new life to a church and helps uh, help really bring people together and solidify the vision that God has given for the church. So uh, today, I am going to walk you through a little bit of the process of the logo design um, of how we did that for a, for a church called Life Mission Church. We walked them through this process. I wanted to give you a case study of what that looked like so that you can understand what that might look like for your church. Or if you're a designer, if you're a, a church creative, uh, then maybe you can go through this process um, with your church and, and the leadership there to help you create the the right logo, the best logo for the church that you work with. This is actually part one of a two-part series where we'll go through this rebrand process. There are three rounds to the brand rollout process. The first round is the internal launch. The uh, internal launch is where we introduce the new logo to the people that are already there at the church. Round two is the external launch where we make known to the community what what's going on that there's a new branding and new things happening in the church and the third round is an evaluation process where we uh, take the, uh, the the best things that we've done in round one and two and then we continue that uh, moving forward we decide what's needed and what's not needed moving forward so each round should take about two to three months to go through that's just in our experience how long it's been taking to go through each round and to get everything done that needs to get done within those rounds to be effective in, in this brand rollout. The uh, the first round, um, we walk through this with Life Mission Church, and I want to walk through this process with you um, as we design their new logo. So on the blog page that goes with this podcast, you can check out the logo itself and uh, the previous logo and see how we rebranded from the old look to the new look to meet their vision moving forward. So with Life Mission Church, they uh, they were happy with their brand. They liked it. They liked their name. They liked everything that they had going on. But the, the problem was that there, um, there began to be a confusion within the community because the name 
was being confused with other churches. So this church was in Olathe, Kansas, and the name of the church was Life Church. So Life Church was actually getting confused with other Life Churches because it's a it's a popular church name. There's uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle has LifeChurch.tv that he's had for a long time. Now it's Life.Church. And uh, there's just a lot of confusion happening with that name. So there was a decision made to re- rename the church and step into a new brand the part, as part of that rebranding process. They also wanted to really uh, step into what makes this church unique. Um, this church really emphasizes and focuses on going beyond the walls, going into the community and serving. And even beyond that, going into the world on mission trips, short-term trips. In fact, uh, in any given year, there could be up to a dozen short-term trips that this church is involved with, taking teams of people out. The church itself was also a, a large church, uh, about 2,000 people on a weekend that would, would come to between Saturday night and Sunday morning services. Uh, so they had a, a lot of momentum and a lot of good things happening within the church, and uh, we didn't want to lose any of that. Uh, in fact, we wanted to, to pick up and, and gain momentum moving forward. So the decision was made by the church leadership to call the name of the church something different, and they went from Life Church to Life Mission Church. So so they just added the one name to it, Life Mission Church. And the way they kind of put it out there uh, was that they added their middle name to the uh, to their brand. So it, it's always been part of who they were. Now they're adding it to the name of the church, and they're stepping into it even more, more intentionally. So with the uh, rebrand, what we did was we wanted to honor the old logo that was there and because uh, it had a lot of history and a lot of good things that happened with it. So we didn't want to completely abandon what was there, but we did want to build off of it. And uh, so we decided to um, create a word mark first. So um, there's, there's word, words that can create a logo or that can be the logo by itself. And uh, we could just go with a word, but the decision was made to not only have a word uh, logo, but to have a mark that goes with it. So a mark is uh, something that accompanies the, the text and is able to be used separately as needed to just uh, be put on different uh, forms of media. So if you think of Nike, they've got a swoosh and they've got the word Nike. Well, you can see the swoosh on everything and anything. Uh, by itself. And uh, that's the idea that this church wanted to lean into, to have some sort of mark that they can use on anything and everything by itself. But then also you can use it together with the text and um, and have a, a strong presence as well. So they wanted both. We decided to lean into this whole life mission thing. And um, what I did is uh, I worked with them to do this interview process that we've talked about in uh, the previous podcast on, on Logos. And we went through the 18, uh, 18 questions that we've identified gives us the, the answers we need to create a new brand. So we asked the church leadership. Uh, we asked the pastor. We asked the associate pastor. We asked um, several uh, key leaders, basically, these, these types of questions, mainly from the, the pastor because he's in this church uh, set up. The pastor really um, drives the vision quite a bit of what's happening um, or going to happen in the church. So he gave us some uh, compelling answers to our questions, which we were then able to record and, and, and keep. I, I use Evernote to record those things, and then uh, I can look back. So as I'm designing, 
I, I always look back at, the, uh, at the, the key answers that they give me. The first step to designing a logo is to go and sketch. So I get a piece of paper out. Um, typically I get some graph paper. Um, sometimes I'll grab just a, a piece of copy paper, just a blank white canvas, and then I'll start sketching ideas um, with, with, the, with the ideas being centered around some key words that I pulled out from the answers that they give me. So I, uh, I write down keywords and phrases that this church wants to lean into. Uh, that's part of their vision. And then I start to sketch ideas around that. Um, I like to sketch because it's free form. It's just whatever I'm thinking, it's, I'm putting it down in a very rough, conceptual way on a piece of paper. It's just my brain and my hand working together to get ideas down in a very rapid way. I might sketch something or I might write something or I might do a combination of the both. And then I just put down all the ideas that I can think of associated with the words or phrases that I've pulled from the answers. Um, so that's, that's um, a really creative mind mapping process that allows me to get all the ideas as rapidly as I can out on a piece of paper uh, before I try to refine anything. Once I have all these ideas down on a piece of paper and um, they're just out there, I, um, I can begin to move to the computer to refine those, those ideas. Um, during the sketch process, I also do a lot of searches, um, Google searches online, to find uh, any imagery that might be associated with a word that I've pulled out. So I'll look, uh, one of the key search terms is that I'll look for something logo or something icon. So let's say a word is courageous. Maybe that's one of the feelings that this, uh, this organization wants to, to put out there. And in fact, Life Mission Church, that is one of the things they want to put out there, uh, being courageous in your faith and, and going out there, going into the world. So uh, I did search terms for courageous logo or courageous icon. And then Google just pops up concepts. A lot of them are not good or, you know, kind of cheesy. But there's some ideas there that are just um, like just intriguing enough. And uh, if I find a good idea, I'll do two things. One is I'll, I'll sketch it or sketch a variation of what I see. If, um, if I think it has some possibility, I'll sketch it down on a piece of paper. Um, the other thing I'll do is if it's something that really does have um, some merit to it, I'll save that, um, that little file in a research folder that I keep on my computer. So I can always come back to it. It's just a research folder where I just dump as many ideas as I can into it. Um, so once I have my sketches on a piece of paper, and I'll fill up a whole piece of paper pretty quick, then I will go back through and I'll pick out some ones that I really like and they have some real possibilities to it. And then I'll move to the computer. And I kind of do the same thing on the computer where I open up a document, it's an eight and a half by 11 setup, and I do it in Illustrator. And then I'll, I'll begin to create the designs that I've sketched out, the ones that I really liked on my piece of paper. And I just begin to use actual vector tools to create the logo. Now a vector is, is basically a shape, an object that's created using mathematical formulas. Um, Adobe Illustrator creates vector artwork. The power of this is that it's infinitely scalable. Whatever you create can be scaled to whatever size you need. And uh, it creates clean lines and all those elements are key to creating a logo that is sticky. So I'll start to design these, uh, these logos on uh, Illust in Adobe Illustrator because it's a vector based. 
and I'll create the first iteration of it. Um, I might do an iteration and take it 10 steps further, but then decide at the very end, like, ah, you know what? I really liked that one 10 steps ago. So um, I haven't deleted it. I've saved it. It's just, I'm, uh, it's just a copy. I'm working with copies of what I've already done. Um, the cool thing is, too, I can see the progression of um, what I've started with to now where I'm at with that mark. And uh, so I'll do that with uh, from the sketches. Uh, I'll pick out maybe three. Usually it's three, uh, three, one, two, or three versions that I really like from my hand-drawn sketches, and I'll start doing the iterations on the uh, on the Illustrator document, and I'll do uh, all the iterations on one until I'm happy with it, and I'll do all the iterations on another one, or a third one if I picked out a third one. I'll the same thing. I'll just go through all the iterations. That process right there with Adobe Illustrator gets me to where I need to be until I find something that I feel works really well for the vision of the church. I'm always checking back with my notes to make sure that as I'm working that I'm, I'm communicating the ideas that they said, the client said that they wanted to communicate with their brand. So those, that Evernote file is always open so that I can refer back to it. Um, and I'll type out the, the name of the, the uh, church as well and just work with different types of fonts. Um, typically, I restrict myself to, to about five fonts that I use for logos that are just really good classic fonts that are gonna be timeless. So this process with the fonts really allows me to not get into the weeds with, with different fonts. Um, I, can, I can get further faster by restricting myself in the beginning and then allowing myself to explore later on once I know what direction, what, what path to, to go down. The fonts that I like to start off with are um, the sans serif font that I like is Gotham and Trade Gothic. I like both of those to start off with. Helvetica New is also a really good font that I start off with. A serif font that I like is Didot or Clarendon. Um, both of those are nice to start off with with serifs. Uh, slab serif, I like Lubelin. Once I'm happy with um, one of the logos that I've come up with, um, I, uh, one of the things too, just to kind of go back a little bit before I move to the next step is that I will always start black and white, straight black and white, maybe some gray if I need to. Um, but that way I'm just focusing on shapes and I'm looking at one thing at a time. I'm not trying to get into color, uh, too fast. I'm waiting to get into color until later on. So black and white first. And then once I'm happy with the black and white version, then I can add color and begin to play around with some color options. Color has so much meaning and it changes the look and feel of the logo so much that I don't want to mess with it before I have to. Um, so two tips, I guess, would be one is the font thing. Just keep your fonts simple to start off with. And number two is don't get into color until you're ready, until you're happy with the black and white version. Once I'm happy with a version of the logo that I like and it's uh, it's got some color to it, um, it's got a good look to it. Then I'll copy and paste that logo into a new document. This new document allows me to see the logo by itself so I can make tweaks without any other distractions uh, visually. I could just focus on this logo and then refine it to the point where I like it. The refinement process takes place with one logo, maybe two, and um, that way I have uh, one or two logos that I'm really happy with to uh, present to the client. So when I present the logo, I basically put it onto some materials that helps the client visualize what this is gonna look like in real life. 
So I'll put it onto letterhead, I'll put it onto business cards and an envelope, and I'll create that system, create a nice little layout to where you can see it all together. Um, I'll even put it on a t-shirt or maybe superimpose it on the building. Um, anything that helps the client, helps the uh, church begin to see what this is going to look like in real life. Um, that way, what I found is that you're connecting some dots for them because they they want to they want to be able to see this actual uh, piece being used in their facilities and on materials that they would use it on. It helps them quite a bit to realize more quickly that hey, this is going to work. And for for me as a designer. I've put all this time, energy, research into creating this mark at this point that I, I, um, I'm going to feel really strongly about it, that it's, this is a great mark for them. So I want to help them see that quickly, that this is a great thing for them. If not, then that's good too because they can see it quickly and we can start with a different version. At this point, I've put in about two weeks of work into a logo. So usually a logo process takes about two to three weeks to work through. Not that it takes that long to actually design a logo. It just takes a while to design for a while, step away, and come back. So by being able to step away, you get a lot of clarity when you come back to it. So I typically ask for about two weeks on a logo design, if not three. And then at the end of that time, I'll have something to, pre to present to the church that they can then look over. Once the church has a chance to look it over, the key leadership of the church, um, we might have some tweaks. Maybe we're changing a color, uh, tweaking a font a little bit, making something bigger or smaller. So I'll go ahead and make some revisions to the, um, to the uh, logo. Uh, this method that I've talked through, um, beginning with the questions, the 18 questions, and then working it through with the sketches and then the, the illustrator uh, document and then the refinement document, uh, works about 9 out of 10 times where I, I don't have to go back and, and redo anything or present a second version of the logo because it, it's just a really effective process. And I typically do not want to present more than one logo to the client. I feel like if they are hiring me to create this, this new logo for them, they are paying me to know what I'm doing and to take their answers and their vision and put it down into this mark that's going to work well for them based on all the knowledge that I've gained and went to school for and have studied even beyond school and have practiced and done my craft. They're paying me for all of that to present the logo that represents them well. So that's, uh, that's why I only present one. And it helps the client, it helps the church, the, the church leaders that are looking at this logo to focus um, they can focus only on one thing. There's no other distractions. In fact, there's, there's these studies that say if, you, if people have too many options, they're indecisive. It kind of freezes the thinking to be very indecisive. And I found that to be very true with logos. If I present two options or three options, it becomes a very drawn-out process and confuses the clients more than helps them. So one, one option at a time if I do need to redo something, then I'll redo another option and present that new option by itself to the client. It's a very effective way to work with it, uh, with, with logos and presenting logos for, for the brand. With Life Mission Church, we started off with a concept that the pastor presented to us. He had a circle with an arrow going through it that he's like, man, I really like this look. It fits us really well. We want to go out into this world. What if the circle was this globe and this arrow went into it and it, it just had our church next, name next to it? So this pastor had a very clear like, hey, this is really what I think will work. 
he, he had a very clear vision. On my end, as the designer, I want to take that and uh, chew on it, but then also think around it, like not get stuck into one idea. So I, I went back and I researched out a bunch of different ways we can communicate the same idea, life, mission, church, going out into the world and reaching people. So I came up with very uh, different variations of what the pastor had said. And then in the end, I, I presented one that didn't have a logo, an arrow um, going into a globe. I presented something that was more abstract. And uh, the pastor, he looked at it, he's like, hey, this is great. But I really feel like the, the arrow and the globe thing is going to work for us. So for me as a, as a designer, it's my job to take the vision that has been presented to that pastor and to make it reality, to do it to the very, very best of my ability. So typically, when I present a logo, uh, nine out of ten times it's going to hit the mark. On this occasion, it was something where he's like, no, I'm really not feeling it. I really think it needs to be a certain direction. So then I went back and I did the very best job I could to present a variation of a, some sort of globe with arrows going uh, into it. I added some new ideas to the concept, thought around it, and then presented something to the pastor that he really liked. Um, I wasn't too sure about it at this point. Um, it kind of looked a little cheesy for me, but the pastor loved it. So we took a, an extra step and we had a focus group come in. So we invited, uh, I think, eight, maybe eight people, and uh, they were key leadership to the church that had been there for a very long time. And we presented three different versions of the logo to them and then had them fill out a little worksheet with their comments and, and ideas. And then um, they gave us those answers. In this, uh, We took about 45 minutes, gave them lunch, um, and then just had them give us feedback on these three different versions. So they, they all really leaned into this, um, this aero globe concept. They're like, man, that's really who we are. We really like it. And then they gave me some comments on like, well, maybe we could do this or that to simplify it because there's just a lot going on. Um, so in a way, they were kind of confirming my, my feel that it was a little bit cheesy. And they, they actually gave me some good feedback that um, to simplify it. And the, the pastor was in the room, so he was able to hear that. And then he realized that we probably needed to go a little bit further with the with the mark and not just settle on what was there. So I did one more variation of it, simplified it, made it a little bit more graphic. Um, it turned out to be a really strong mark. In the end, I was really happy with it. And the pastor was thrilled with it. He loved it. And uh, the church as a whole really uh, um, eventually embraced it as we, we put it out there for them. So that process was a little bit different than a typical process. But it just goes to show that, hey, this, this is how it might, might work out to, to nail down that, that, uh, that perfect logo that's going to fit the church and the vision of, of the church moving forward. So once we got that in place, once, once we decided on the logo and locked it in, the next step is to create a brand guide. So this is a document that has a logo on it and gives all the different variations of that logo. So a web version, a print version, a horizontal version, a vertical version. Um, any sort of variations of the logo that might be required for different uses on, on media. Uh, this document identifies the color values in RGB, CMYK, and Pantone so that in the future it could be very consistent how this, um, this, these colors are, are replicated. And then it also gives the fonts that are used with the logo, but then also gives fonts that are complementary to the logo that can be used in documents, um, online, uh, any of those uh, types of things. So this brand guide basically 
allows any designer or creator in the future to take this uh, document and then be able to stay consistent with the brand that we've established in this logo creation process. Once those items are in place, the, we've gotten all the way to the brand guide. We then introduce that new logo, that new mark, to the church. In part two, we'll discuss the three different rounds of revealing this new logo, this new brand, to first your congregation, the people that go there regularly, and then to the community and doing it in a way which creates momentum for the church as you move forward. So I want to present an action item that you can do based on our conversation today. That item that you can do right now to help you implement the conversation that we've just had is to download the brand guide on our website at churchbrandguide.com and then fill out the questionnaire, the 18 questions that we have on there. This will give you either confirmation that what you have as a logo or a brand for your church is great and is doing an effective job at presenting your vision, or it might give you the idea that, hey, maybe it's time to rebrand or look into a new logo of some kind based on your vision. The other thing I want to tell you about is a couple of books that might help you quite a bit um, as you're thinking about branding and a logo for your church. One of the books is by Andy Stanley. It's called Making Vision Stick. A logo is really just the visual representation of your vision. So if you know what your vision is and then you have a good idea of how vision sticks in, in your congregation and in your community, then you can basically be able to lean into the visual part of that, which is a logo and then goes beyond that to videos and everything else, the website, all that stuff. So that's a great book to um, get into. Another really good book is called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. So in this book, he basically talks about how people make a decision about your organization about or even about you as a person within the first two seconds. And then after that, they reinforce that idea that they got um, for the rest of their lives. So they try to, it's really hard to change somebody's mind once they get an impression, that first impression. And the last thing I wanted to address before we sign off here today is our name change. So we used to be howtobrandmychurch.com or the How to Brand My Church podcast, which we thought was a great idea because that's what we're doing. Um, but after doing some keyword research with a, a research tool, we found that if we shorten that up a bit, then we could um, in the future begin to find or people can find us a little easier. So we've changed our brand since we're early in the process and uh, we made the change to Church Brand Guide Podcast or churchbrandguide.com as the website. And that's just going to help us in the future to reach more people with the message that we have. Thanks for joining us today on the Church Brand Guide Podcast and I'll see you next time.